spanning the Valley of the Sun and all across the 48th state. This is the Gatos and Chad Show. Happy, 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 happy Thursday. You know, if you've listened to this show for a period of time, uh, you know that uh, when we talk about police officers, we don't only talk about uh, when things go wrong. We like to, you know, put a spotlight on uh, what cops do right. And I think that's important. Um, obviously, the Tyree Nichols uh, case and his beating and his ultimate death uh, has been a huge news story, and it should be. Uh, that man was killed by five cops, and I have never seen anything more brutal. It is a brutal, brutal video. We've been we've been discussing it, and uh, those five cops um, they killed him. They killed yeah, him, and up. they're up for uh, uh, second degree murder, and they should never get out of jail. Now, with that being said, um, you know, there are cops around the valley that look at that story and they're horrified because it makes their job harder. Um, here's a story that just proves that, you know, they're, they're way more good cops than bad. OK. All right. So listen to this. Uh, there is a, a woman in Michigan named uh, Diane Gordon. So, you know, she's got a job, works five days a week. Here's the problem. She walks to work and walks back. It's like three, four, or five miles. Weather there's not very nice either. That's what I hear. So people from there are a bit odd, but still. <laughs> so she walks, you know, her car broke down, uh, you know, a few months back. And she doesn't have the money to replace the part needed to have her car run again. So she walks to work and then she walks home. All right. So a couple days ago, she is walking home. And she stops by a gas station for a snack. Now, before she could walk inside, she noticed something a little bit off. Uh, On the ground is a plastic bag, and she picks it up, and there's a large sum of money in it. Like money cash? Cash. Ooh. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Uh, $15,000 worth of cash. Double winner. Yeah. So she picks it up. Okay. What do you do with it? I know you'd go and blow it somewhere. You'd spend it. No, I, I would. It. I would try to find out whose it is. Okay, I would go and blow it and spend it somewhere. Well, she said, "Listen, I knew exactly what to do with it. This doesn't belong to me. Uh, boy, I could really use the money. Gosh, I could probably buy a new car. At least get my car fixed. At least get the car fixed." She says, "No, I know what to do. I'm calling the police." So it never crossed her mind to do something different. She was going to turn it over. Because she's a good human being and she was raised right. Right. Lieutenant shows up and they say, thank you very much. You know, we'll let you know what happens. And uh, it came to be that this bag full of money belonged to newlyweds. So I know something about this bag. You know, when our daughter got married about a year ago, there is, you know, a lot of times you hold the, You have a bag and it's got all the cards in it because people bring a card. Sometimes the card has money. Somebody's got to hold that bag and it's got a lot of cash in it. And we were in charge of holding that bag uh, for our daughter and, and our new son-in-law. That was that bag. So that's what we're talking about. $15,000. So somebody at the wedding, I don't know how this bag got away from somebody, but it's in the middle of the street. Probably a drunk uh, best Maybe, man. Maybe. You're right. So there are wedding cards, gifts. Uh, there's cash in this bag, right? Uh, and here's, here's what happened. The officers obviously did their investigation. And they found out, okay, you know, 
their their names. Okay, I think we can find this. They tracked down the newlyweds, the police did, and then they returned the money. Now, remember, I told you at the beginning, um, we're talking about this story because there are way more good cops than bad. Here's where the cops do something that I just think is wonderful. They know the story, apparently, about the woman who's walking to work, walking home, walking, uh, you know, to they know from- what They know the plight of this lady. This lady is walking in freezing right. weather. Her car's broke. She didn't have anything, and she can't get it fixed. And she had 15 grand that she could have walked away with. Absolutely. So after the cops did their job and returned the money to the newlyweds, uh, they turned their attention back to Diane. Did the newlyweds do anything? You know, I don't know yet. I, 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 I didn't hear that they did. They should have given her something. Anyway. Yeah, finder's fee, like right. 1500 bucks or right. something? Right, you give it 500 bucks. The cops turned their attention back to Diane. They didn't forget about the nice thing that she did. And the officers uh, and uh, uh, some of uh, uh, their friends, they put together a GoFundMe. And the GoFundMe we just is for a donation to get her car fixed. Uh, I looked at the GoFundMe. The goal was to raise, you know, a few thousand bucks. $27,000 is in it now. Now, that's a lot of money. That is. Is it? Is that almost too much? You know, you could be the judge of that, but... Um, but what see, they, here's the thing. Go it's, ahead. it's a lot of money if somebody was given $27,000 singularly to somebody like that. And, right. You know, but... If you give ten bucks here, five bucks there, sure. Over a, you know, if 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 two thousand people gave ten bucks, well, you know, or you know, twenty seven bucks, you're at, uh, you know, you're starting looking. Go, oh my god, look at all this stuff. It it's a wonderful thing, right? The police said Diane is a perfect example of integrity and selflessness, well, uh, even in thing. her own time of need. And we will be working with uh, an automotive company to get Diane's vehicle. Uh, fixed with the funds raised. And listen, I don't know if they thought they'd get twenty seven or $28,000, but I think this is a nice, this is a really cool story. They turned themselves and said, guys, there's got to be something we could do about it. Right. I'm still a little perturbed. I know some of that <laughs> 27000 was like 1500 bucks from the people whose money that she returned. Right, right. So it's like everybody wins, right? Yes. So the, the newlyweds win because they get their money back, fifteen grand. Uh, Diane is going to get her car fixed. I mean, at least, goodness gracious, she's got 28 she grand. A new vehicle. And the cops are like, the, the, this, this story tells me after the job is done and the police officers find out whose money it is and return it, that, well, their job isn't done. Let's go and help this woman and let's raise some money to get her car fixed so she doesn't have to walk in the cold. And, you know, Bravo to everybody. I great, like it. Great job. That's for, a win for everybody. Diane. It's a good story. Yeah, right. People got their money back. The newlyweds who maybe didn't have a lot starting out. Everybody got a little bit of a win here. That's yeah. what America's all about. Right. And the cops didn't just say, give us the money. Out of, you know, who are you, Diane? Right. Diane, uh, if that's your real name. So, you know, again, we talk about police officers when uh, they do things wrong. Memphis is a perfect example. Those five cops, they're killers. And you know why we talk about them? Because, as we talked earlier, 60 million interactions with people, 60 million. In the United States. And when you talk about about violence and all the things that happen, less than 1% is any kind of violence whatsoever in in a takedown. And only 999 people were shot by cops, uh, of which a vast majority, like 95%, had 
weapons and guns with right. them. And we talk about it much like we talk about an airplane crash or a shark attack. It is so rare. Mm. And yes. and the other side of it, this doesn't sell the way that the the beating does no. because no one's going to talk about the story yeah. we just did. Yeah, no. There, and again, we have concentrated on Memphis, rightly so. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, you have the cops from Uvalde, <laughs> those cowards. And I always say it. I'm so glad we've got great police officers here in Arizona. They would have run into that school. There's no doubt about it. But I also think, and it's something that you and I always make sure that we do. Uh, let's give you a, a police story that worked out really well, and this is one of them. Absolutely. All right. Uh, coming up right now, it's time for Five Spot. Uh, we need you to call us if you're pregnant. That's right, I said it. Call us if you are pregnant. <laughs> and here's why. There is a uh, Arizona uh, House bill that wants to allow pregnant women to drive in the HOV lane. All right, during the peak peak hours. So we want you to call us if you're pregnant. 277-KTAR. Uh, we want to ask you, eh, should you be allowed in the HOV lane if you're pregnant? I think it's going to be interesting. 602-277-5827. 602-277-KTAR. Uh, the pregnant uh, hotline is uh, open right now at 277-5827. Next. And Chad. Brought to you by Parker and Sons. Heating, cooling, plumbing, and electrical. A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. All right, I'm going to go to line one. <laughs> Five spot where we put you on the spot about a news story everybody's talking about. And we asked you to call us if you are pregnant. Jane Doe, line one. Oh. Very loud. Uh, we don't have any pregnant women listening to the show, apparently. Uh, so we're going to change this. Uh, here, let's try this, Chad. Call us if you've been pregnant. Might get pregnant or want to get pregnant. 277-KTAR. <laughs> Call us at 277-5827. If you uh, have been pregnant, might get pregnant or want to get pregnant. Okay? Know uh, somebody that's been pregnant. <laughs> because uh, we want to ask you, uh, should pregnant women be allowed to drive in the HOV lane? So here's the deal. Uh in Arizona, there is a possible bill out there that says what? Traffic in the valley can be brutal. But driving in the high-occupancy vehicle, or HOV lane, during certain times is limited to cars carrying two or more people. In an authorized vehicle, such as bus, motorcycle, or an electric car during peak driving times. A new bill introduced by state rep Matt Grass is looking to change that. All right. So if you, uh, what did I say? If you've been pregnant, might get pregnant, want know to get pregnant. Who's pregnant could know someone. somebody who was once, how, once was a baby. How about saw someone that was pregnant? There you go. <laughs> uh, here we go. 277-KTAR. Uh, we're going to ask you, uh, ladies, should you be allowed in the drive, uh, uh, to drive in the HOV lane. Here we go. Uh, Amy and Tempe, should you be allowed, if you're a woman who is with child, uh, travel in the HOV lane? No, but I don't think that you should be allowed in the HOV lane unless you have another person who can legally drive because you're kind of missing the point of the HOV lane. What is the point of the HOV lane, Amy? To get to get fewer cars on the road. So right. if I'm driving with my three kids, I haven't eliminated any cars on the road. 
No, I get it. That's that's true. So you can get, but you can be in the HOV lane because you got kids in the car. Yeah, true. Okay. So what, what if you're really taking other kids to school? Uh-huh. What if you're taking well, somebody fine. else's kids to school as a carpool thing? Would, would you feel better then? Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. As long as it's serving the purpose of the intent of the HOV lane. But I feel like sometimes mm. we're so quick to just see how it benefits us, missing the point of the actual purpose. Okay. All right. Fantastic. Five spot. I uh, get that. Call us if you've been pregnant, might get pregnant, want to get pregnant, are pregnant. Should you be allowed to know drive somebody, in the pass by somebody who's pregnant? HOV lane. Uh, Lisa in the Valley of the Dirt People. Lisa, what would you think about driving in the uh, uh, the HOV lane if you ha- were with child? I do not think it's necessary, but I will say if they made that law, I would take advantage of it. But I also want to know, how are they going to know? Yeah. At what point? How many months pregnant? Are you going to carry around a pregnancy test? So, <laughs> no, I don't think it's necessary at all. All right, Lisa. Thank you very much. Thanks. All right. So, Valley of the Dirt We've people. got two women that say no. Next. All right. Let's go with Melissa in Phoenix. Melissa, what do you think? Uh, I agree with Lisa. I don't see how they can. I mean, how can you tell if I'm pregnant or not? <laughs> I have kids. My kids are 13 and 16 at this point. I can claim I'm pregnant even though I'm not. Who's going to judge? Like, it just seems stupid. Yeah, yeah. Would yeah, you would you sure. would you pee on the stick if the cop said okay? No, that's vulgar. No. It so is you, vulgar, isn't it? You know, I don't know you why know I said that. Well, <laughs> what are they saying that you 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 call the and you get something like a placard? They're going to give you. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So somebody also hit me up on the old. Uh, All right. So Melissa's a no on the pee on the stick. No that's a question we stick. should have asked. Hey, uh, Emily in Phoenix, would you pee on a stick to prove you're pregnant so you can drive in the HOV lane? No, no, yeah. I wouldn't do that. No, I don't want you to do that either. Do you think you should be allowed no. in the HOV lane if you're pregnant? You know, actually, I agree with the first caller with Amy. I don't really think, um, I, for me, I personally feel like the point of the HOV lane is to get another car off the road, another licensed driver. So hmm. I don't really think being pregnant kind of counts. It's not really, in my mind, removing a car. I mean, to that argument, too, I don't think that even having you know my 14-year-old in the car really should count because you're not getting a driver another car off the road emily if i've got the stuff to make a baby shouldn't i be allowed to drive in the hov lane <laughs> well i don't know kind of like our last caller said where do you draw the line you know how are you going to prove it so he just wants to drive uh, in the I mean, hov I, lane because he wants to feel <laughs> special don't listen to him I, don't listen to me emily he's, he's just he's I sorry appreciate the, the gesture yeah. i think it's really nice yeah. to, to, to you know try to make life easier because it's certainly difficult being pregnant but i don't know if it really counts yeah. okay well, all right you. okay you know what? And the HOV lane's a joke anyways. It's yeah. silly. and it's, But we're taking it off because the climate change, it doesn't do anything at all. It does nothing, period, case closed, no, end of story. You know what would be better than them working on trying to put pregnant women in the HOV lane? Huh. Let's have extra parking spots for pregnant people that are closer to the door. You know what I mean? For pregnant women? Yes. Yeah. Because that is a Unless problem. we have that. that. Well, it's not. I don't know that yeah. it's a law. It's I think not it's enough. A, it's a nicety yeah. that some stores provide. Uh, wise man Steve Zinsmeister. Are you okay with proving that you're fertile? Hmm. Oh, yeah. That's a great question, wise that man. That is. I am not. Well, maybe. It depends. I'm uncomfortable. What if <laughs> what if you're adopting and the woman is carrying your child, but you don't have the child available with you right now? <laughs> oh, gosh. 
This right. has gone sideways. It went sideways a long time ago. Fantastic. A new bill would allow pregnant drivers to ride in the HOV lane thanks to uh, the ladies who called who were either uh, pregnant, had been pregnant, might get pregnant, or want to get pregnant. It's a Gatos and Chad show. freak you all out right now are you because um this story is getting a lot of coverage and the pentagon is trying to figure out what to do yep right now at this very moment uh there is a uh spy balloon over the united states and it's chinese could have went without that there's a Chinese spy balloon over the United States. It's been seen over, what was it, Montana? Montana. Okay. It's staying over the United States, which is the thing that they're freaking out about. Right. And the Pentagon is tracking it. And it is it is a high-altitude surveillance balloon. And it is right over us. So it flies. So where we would think, you know, the jet stream and everything is, you know, get up to that, that, that you know, five miles range, you know, 612. You know, and then all of a sudden now this thing's up there 14, you know, miles and it's floating around, but it's staying in U.S. Is airspace. it in U.S. airspace yes. or is it high enough? I, I'm just saying. Like I've always where thought. Where does like, U.S. airspace? Air, well, if you're over our country, stop? that's our airspace. I get it. I agree. You know? Uh, and they a- said it's not unprecedented because, come on, we all spy on each other. Yeah. The difference is the rhetoric over the last couple of weeks, we had the four-star general last Friday release a memo, said we're getting ready to go to war. You've got uh, uh, Milley and uh, Lloyd Austin, our defense secretary, going to the Philippines, and they're starting to they're, – they're, move, they're maneuvering – our ships in an area where it would be much easier should conflict happen that we could be in a position. So to have this and to have it reported on all of the stations and the way it is, it's uncomfortable because they're over our airspace. Oh, and the no reason doubt. we haven't shot it down is they're worried it's going to land on people. Okay, that's the next question. And you're worried about... Should you shoot it down? And you're worried about what? Uh, well, I think they want us to shoot it down. And if they want us to shoot it down, what have they put in that thing? Because I don't think we should trust any country. No. You know, I, I mean, we shouldn't tr- trust China. No, uh, God, what? no. I mean, goodness gracious, do you know how the pandemic started? It started with them lying. <laughs> it started with them hiding it. It started with them not telling the world. We can't trust China. For of anything. course not. God, no. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so that's the first thing that creeps me out. Because my first, my first inkling is, yeah, let's shoot it down. And then I'm thinking... Maybe we shouldn't do that. At Maybe they want point, us to though, do that. Do we say, okay, you've been here long enough. Th- this is it. There is no. Th- you guys have have gotten to a point now where we're going to shoot this thing down. Yeah, but you got to wonder what it, what's in the balloon that could hurt America if we do sh- if we well, do shoot it down. If they drop something that happens to be a chemical weapon or something of that nature, then we're, we're you gonna, just ask us. We're going to nuke them to light you up like you've never been lit up before. It's a scary deal. So, if you're just joining us, there is a there's a spy balloon over the United States, and it's from China, and the Pentagon is tracking it. I, you say that this has happened before, man. I don't remember well, ever talking is, about something is, like this. It's not on the last time I talked about balloon was the balloon boy. You guys remember oh, the balloon that guy boy? Was awesome, right? Fantastic. That's fantastic. No, it has been a. Uh, uh, it's not unprecedented to have. 
you know, us, we all know we're all spying on each other. The difference is they're doing it in such a way as they're kind of looking at us and mm-hmm. saying, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? It's crazy. And to have it settle essentially over the U.S. is the issue that a lot of people are having. And uh, I think most of you listening are probably going, that is a bit unsettling. Oh, it's way unsettling. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Coming up next, uh, we know what happened in Memphis. Tyree Nichols was killed by five police officers who, by the way, all had body cameras on and it it didn't stop them from doing what they did. did not. Uh, coming up next, we're going to talk to an expert in police, policing, I should say. Um, do body cameras work? And here's the weird question. Did it work in this instance, even though it didn't stop them from killing Tyree Nichols? We'll talk about it next. It's the Gatos and Chad Show. All right. Tyree Nichols was killed in Memphis by five police officers. It was brutal. It was disgusting. We saw it with our own eyes. And it's horrifying. And one of the questions that people are asking, and we're one of them, uh, did the body cameras on the cops work? Now, obviously, they worked in that sense of the word. What are they supposed to do? Are they supposed to stop an attack from five police on one guy? Uh, right now, we're joined by Andy Anderson. He's the former assistant chief of the Phoenix uh, Police, 36 years on the force. Andy, how are you today? Thanks for joining us. I am good, thank you. How are you guys? We're good. Are, fantastic. Are body cameras working? Because some say, well, obviously they don't work because Tyree Nichols is dead. What do you, what do you say to that? They absolutely are working, and they're not going anywhere. They are the future of policing. You know, the the thing that the thing that we need to point out here real quick is officers are making hundreds of thousands of contacts every day across this nation. And every once in a while, somebody does something stupid like what happened in, in Memphis. But what happens to that is it goes viral because it's sensational and, and, and it's, it's, it's wrong. And, and it'll play on every single news station, local and nation, national, for days. And then your citizen sits home watching TV and gets the impression that this is the norm. This is the way they all do it, which couldn't be further from the truth. I mean, nobody wants to get rid of bad cops more than good cops, because now that police officer, every police officer across this nation gets painted with that same brush. And there's nobody more outraged about what happened in Tennessee than other police officers, because they've got to go out and do their job. They still got to go out and protect the community and do what they swore to do. And it gets harder and harder to do that when those kind of things happen. But those cameras are actually helping officers every day because it used to be a citizen could make a complaint about somebody. It was kind of their word against his sort of thing, you know, and now you've got that documented. And we're all a whole lot more professional when we're on camera, not just the police officer, but the citizens tend to be a little more respectful when they know that it's all being documented. So, yes, the cameras are a good thing. But unfortunately, all we ever see is the bad stuff. And I'm, and I'm not being critical of the media. That's us as a society. That's what we look for. Those things are outside the norm. But that's all we see are the bad things. And that leaves the wrong impression. You know, Andy, I, I was saying uh, there's a great uh, op-ed piece in the Wall Street Journal talking about cops pull back after incident like this. Crime rises in everywhere from Baltimore to Minneapolis to, to you know, everywhere in between Ferguson. And, and, and it's sad that it happens that way. Uh, the cameras worked in this occasion, but I fear for the people of Memphis right now because I think the cops are going to pull back and we're going to see a nightmare and very little uh, very, very few things like this happen yearly, but they get blown up so much. Chad, you're absolutely right. 
That's exactly what happens is officers do pull back because they're they're afraid of what might happen. And, and what that does is that empowers the bad guy and they become more difficult to deal with. And it makes it even more challenging for law enforcement. But I can tell you, particularly your younger officers, because they, they haven't had it any other way. They've had cameras the whole time. You know, maybe some of your older officers may be a little uncomfortable still with it because it, they're kind of old school. But this is the future. And it's going to continue to help officers become more and more professional and do their job better and protect them. You know, they're, they're going to be advancing these cameras uh, it's it's going to be pretty pretty outstanding, the kind of stuff they're going to be doing with these cameras. They're going to help these officers write reports, document incidences that occur, uh, run checks for people and stuff, you know, warrant checks. It's going to be amazing how this is going to be integrated into the other things officers do. So this is just the beginning of it. It's come a long way in the last 20 years, and it's going to, like everything else in technology, it's going to continue to advance. Talking to Andy Anderson, former assistant chief of police. we got about a minute here, Andy. Uh do they need training on how to interact with the camera while they're dealing with individuals, kind of almost a walkthrough as a CYA for themselves? Absolutely. Absolutely. And they're doing it. But we need to do more. And we need everybody to have that. They need to be in a position to be able to narrate what's happening because the camera doesn't tell the whole story, of course. And it's not seeing everything. Like, for instance, one of the things that you see happen all the time is, is uh, an officer will be telling somebody, stop resisting, stop resisting. And the individual is yelling, I'm not, I'm not. Yet the officer is holding on to them and their muscles are tight. They're pulling away. But the camera doesn't really see that. So the camera hears, I'm not resisting. And the reality of it is, is they are. So you're absolutely right. Narrating those things uh, is part of the tool that we need. Officers need to get better at. Andy, always appreciate it. Thanks a lot, man. You bet. Take care, guys. All right. Andy Anderson, 36 years in the force, former assistant chief of uh, police right here in Phoenix, uh, saying that the cameras, the body cameras did work. And how so? Well, we got five men that are in jail for killing a guy. Uh, If the cameras weren't there, would the five officers be in jail? I don't know. I don't know. I would say no. Right. It didn't save the life of Tyree Nichols, but maybe the cameras aren't there to save the life uh, of someone. Maybe they're there to make sure or save somebody down the road is going. How so? Well, you're going to take these officers off the street. If they got away gotcha. with it. Maybe next yeah. time they do the exact same thing. And this takes bad officers off the street without the cameras. And, right. and that's it. Without and remember, the cameras, they're back on the street. That's it's as much about protecting the people. And it's also about also protecting themselves. All right. Uh, thanks to Andy Anderson. He's always got great uh, stuff on the cops. Coming up next, we've got Becky Lynn. Five o'clock, KTAR yeah. News Expansion. 15 minutes of commercial-free, nonstop news, traffic, and weather. Next.